Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for April has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they really are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com and let them know you heard about them on 5x5. My guest this week is, and I'm going to try to get this right, Christopher Gamble Wallenjack. Nailed it. Oh, man. Good day. Um, and he is a, uh, he works for Harvest as a Harvest expert. And uh, w- what's that? Well, um, thanks, thanks. First of all, thanks for having me, Brad. It's, um, it, we, you know what? We should back up and say how you got here. Okay. Works for me. It, like, I had a guest, my, my planned guest canceled today. Mm-hmm. So I just mentioned on Twitter that I could use a guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I got just flooded with emails on app.net, on Twitter, <laughs> direct messages, like everyone w- had a story to tell. And uh, so I kind of, I, I flipped through everybody. I went to everyone's like homepage links real quick mm-hmm. and just kind of got like first impressions who would be fun to talk to. And yeah. you just happened to come across as someone who would be fun to talk to. Well, so I have no idea what I'm getting into with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually. I was pleasantly surprised that you, uh, you decided to pull the trigger on me. Um, you know, I've, uh, you know, it's funny. You said you were looking for for uh, someone who was interesting, and I mean, I figure everyone's sort of interesting in their own way. But yeah, I said uh, that almost sarcastically because <laughs> if someone thinks they're interesting, it doesn't, it doesn't always bode well for the conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's it's sort of sort of similar to how you know I found that anyone who declares themselves to be a really a, a good driver uh, is probably not the best driver you've ever ridden with. Um, <laughs> Your first tweet response, in fact, I believe, was <laughs> "I wish I was more interesting." Yeah, but then I realized doesn't everyone kind of wish they were more interesting? So, um, yeah, um, but uh, so uh, thank Any, you for yeah. considering me interesting. Uh, or interesting enough to to have a conversation with at least interested in um, finding out if you're interesting yeah <laughs> that that works for me um so anyway um i work for harvest um and uh just sort of as a, a point of disclosure i guess uh harvest does occasionally sponsor uh 5 by 5 so uh i am not speaking as a as a harvest employee but as a as an interesting person i guess um <laughs> Yes, was, there's no no correlation. Uh, <laughs> Harvest hasn't paid nothing for for uh, Christopher to be here. So right. go ahead. Um, yeah. So um, up until uh, two weeks ago, actually, I was a, a, a customer support specialist at Harvest um, and, uh, you know, dealing with front lines, talking to customers, helping customers, um, that sort of thing. Um, but it's always sort of been nagging at me that customer support specialist is such a sort of, you know, antiseptic corporate sounding term. Um, and we, we've tried to come up with a better, you know, a better way to brand ourselves. I mean, you know, some people go the route of, you know, support ninja or support rock star or something like cutesy like that. But I thought, uh, you know, what, what would I describe myself as? I don't say I specialize in customer support. Um, but what I really am is, you know, and all of us in support at Harvest, uh, just no harvest in and out. We know everything about the software. Uh, we know stuff about the surrounding bits about the software. And I think it was a customer actually in uh, in a in a tweet or a support ticket mentioned us as being you know the harvest experts. And I thought, well, damn, that works. 
Um, so sort of, uh, sort of branching off from support. Um, it's sort of more of a, uh, you know, we, we know everything and can, can help with, with pretty much anything. It's, uh, one of my coworkers described it as sort of a, a more humble version of an Apple genius, uh, which, uh, <laughs> which works for me. So yeah, I am, uh, you know, uh, that, that's our new, uh, our new thing. We're, we're the harvest experts. I really like it because customer service in this day and age does not always imply that you're talking to people who know the product. Exactly. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's so much of a bad word. Um, you know, oh, I had to deal with customer support or customer service or, you know, whatever. Um, but with, with, you know, with companies and, and products like Harvest, where we're not reading from a script, we're not, you know, going to have to send you up to a level two tech. I mean, you know, you're talking to someone and I'm going to help you and figure out what the heck it is that needs to get doing and we'll, you know, do it. So um, it, it's sort of, it's, and it, it's not the same, it's not the same job as, you know, the, the traditional customer support kind of role in the sense that, you know, I'm not explicitly helping people when they have a problem. Uh, if people have questions or if people just want to talk for a little bit, I mean, it, it encompasses sales, it encompasses, you know, uh, education, it encompasses a whole bunch of things. And so sort of coming up with a, with a more umbrella term for that is, has been, I think is going to, you know, sort of help, help frame things in a, in a more positive light. I, uh, I definitely, well, I've always had, uh, we shouldn't talk too long about her harvest or it's going to seem like a conflict of interest, even though it isn't, <laughs> but I, I have always, ever since harvest began its existence, I remember those, uh, those days quite well. And I've always had pretty warm feelings because they've always been human. Uh, yeah. their, their advertising, their face, their website, like everything's always felt like there yeah. were actual people behind it. Yeah. I, in fact, I was the, I was the first full-time support, um, hire at Harvest. Um, and that was, uh, about two and a half years ago. Um, and Harvest has been around for about six years. Um, and before I got there, you know, the, the whole company would do support. Everyone would interact with customers. Uh, when I got there, even though I was the first, you know, full-time support guy, um, you know, that, that culture of, um, you know, world-class support for all of our customers, um, was ingrained in the company. Um, you know, cause as a, you know, it's a, it's a bootstrapped thing. So, um, you know, it's, there's no investors to please. It's just the customers that we needed to please. And, uh, that's sort of the guiding, guiding light. So, so you work tech all day. You answer other people's questions. You have a very active tech mind, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, how do you, how do you personally, uh, get away from that? Um, well, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I've been living in New York city since about 2001. Um, and it's, uh, ever since I was a kid, I've always sort of been in awe of, of New York. I was, I think I was first here when I was five or something from, I lived in Cincinnati at the time and came to New York and just, you know, eyes the size of uh, saucers and, and everything. Um, but you know, it's, even though I've been living here for, you know, 12 years or whatever, um, I've always still just been sort of just, I get a, I get a real charge out of, out of New York and, and the city. Um, and so, um, the, so I've, you know, always tried to, you know, soak it up as much as possible, but, um, it's a, a sort of fun, a funny story. Um, our, our old office was in, uh, in Soho, 
Um, and, uh, and my, my, my residence is in, uh, is in Astoria, which is, um, uh, in Queens and, uh, it's about a seven and a half, eight mile, uh, you know, distance between the two. And, uh, about, uh, about a year ago, um, I had, uh, this is actually a great story to tell. Um, I had had my heart broken by this, uh, by this girl, uh, on the other side of the country and, you know, it was one of those things where we were still trying to be friends and we were, you know, text messaging all the time. Um, and at one point I, I wanted to come up with a good excuse as to how I could be indisposed for like a really long time. And so I said, well, um, I'm going to walk home from work now. And uh, being that um, I, I thought about it for a minute and I decided, well, what the heck, let's walk home from work. Um, and so I ended up walking uh, seven and a half or, or, or however long it was, uh, miles home from work that day. I mean, I didn't have anything to do. I was, you know, busy stewing in my, uh, in my heartbreak at the time. Um, so I ended up, you know, walking across the, uh, 59th street bridge and, and coming up through Queens and, and walking home. Um, and I found it, I mean, it was, it was a really fascinating thing to sort of be, a, you know, sort of left alone with your thoughts for that long. I mean, I, I still had, you know, my iPhone in my pocket and I could check it if I, uh, wanted to, but you know that two and a half hour walk, um, you know, really sort of um, let my let my brain sort of loosen up, I guess. Um, and so um, there would be, you know, I would have I would have these like uh, sort of fantastical creative ideas, um, like like I'm a musician, and uh, and so I was thinking, well, maybe I'll record, you know, an, an album of accordion covers of you know mountain goat songs or something. Um, and you know, nothing that ever actually came to fruition, but sort of letting my mind wander and think, you know, well, wouldn't this be cool or wouldn't that be interesting? Uh, and I found it to be a really sort of, uh, neat way of sort of letting my mind wander to creative things that may not, that may not have, you know, fully been, uh, things that were, would materialize, but things that seemed neat or seemed cool and sort of just let my mind get away from, uh, get away from the, you know, um, I guess the, uh, the, the social, uh, troubles and then the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the tech stuff as well, just sort of, you know, let it, let, let my mind float free as it were. Yeah. I get, I get that. I need to do that. Like, I don't know like my, I, I go from hacking and working and, and being extremely, um, like my mind racing mm-hmm. to watching TV and half the yeah. time I don't even succeed at that because my brain won't slow down enough to sit through a whole show. Uh, I should, I, I, there last week, actually, I went for a walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife made me, we took the dogs and I went <laughs> out for a walk and I felt so much better when I got home. Yeah. Uh, I, and I found myself talking a lot with my wife. Like I, I suddenly had so much to say after I hadn't seen her all day because I was locked in my, uh, home office. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, that, that was. That's it's actually it. You know, I I do have the flexibility that that I can you know work from home uh, if and when I I need to. But just going into the office is, I mean, it's uh you know it's a it's a great change of scenery. And um, I actually for the for the first time you know we've finally gotten some nice weather here um, in New York. I I walked home from from our new office, which is actually only about six miles home. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, yesterday was the was the first day I did that. And I realized I got to get better shoes, man. I, uh, 
like for the first for the first you know couple of weeks that I was walking home in you know this sort of angry rage of 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 heartbreak, um, I was just wearing whatever shoes I had on and came up with these horrible you know blisters on my feet and stuff and I didn't really care because I was you know I was just doing things. Um, and then I got a, I got a pair of these new balance shoes and everyone are saying like new balance is a great, great pair of shoes for walking in, but man, those things massacre my feet just as much as the other ones did. So I gotta, I gotta sort that out. So yeah. that's my, yeah, that's my, that's my spring, uh, spring goal right now is to, is to get a new pair of shoes. I, I it started one year at CES. I suddenly I had walked maybe two whole blocks and my shins froze up. Like, just like I couldn't, I couldn't walk. And I thought there was something wrong with me. We started looking into like vitamin B deficiencies and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was the shoes. I never yeah. considered the shoes until I happened to buy a new pair of shoes and suddenly found I could walk for miles. It's got to be the shoes. It was in. Because uh, <laughs> then it uh, happened to me again going uphill in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I, I can't ever make it to the bar again because the bar is <laughs> at the top of the hill. I've, you know, I've, I've had nightmares about that, it's like not being able to walk or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I'm, I'm able to walk. It's just in, in terrible, terrible pain. Uh, my little brother, I won't, I won't go off on this for too long because I may have mentioned it on the show before, but there was a time that my little brother walked from uh, Savannah, Georgia to Winona, Minnesota. Lord, why? Yeah, it took him a, a month or two, maybe three why? Because he had finished college and didn't have anything else to do, and he likes a challenge. You know, it, it's it's funny. I, I when I when I tell people that I, I sometimes walk, you know, uh, seven and a half miles home from work. I guess why is exactly what they say to me. So I pot pot kettle situation right there. Yeah. Well, I had to walk. I had walked two whole miles once, and well, admittedly, it was icy, so it was like walking three and a half, maybe. Yeah. No, but that I, that killed me. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I spent some time growing up in Vermont, so I'm. Well familiar with the uh, with the uh, northern uh, northern the regions. Nor'easter. Yeah, huh? that whole that whole mess. Yeah, yeah. And I actually, I actually, um, I was listening to the uh, the Mac Power Users podcast, um, and David was talking about how how uh, how he got the Fitbit and was using the Fitbit. Um, and uh, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, could could stand to lose a a few few pounds, get in uh, get in swimsuit shape for the summer and whatnot. Uh, and so I ended up getting one of the, uh, getting one of the Fitbit ones. Um, and it, you know, basically it's just a, a smart step counter, um, and, uh, you know, flights of stairs counter. Um, and I've been, I haven't really been using it as, you know, a, uh, tool that I'm, you know, religiously trying to hit a certain number of steps or something. I'm just sort of using it as an, as a, as an artifact in my pocket to sort of remind me that, Hey, you know, if you can have a little, have a little longer walk, and uh, you know, put a little, uh, put a few more, put a few more steps on the Fitbit. It actually has this. This is probably one of the dumbest uh, features that works so well. Um, there's a little, there's a little picture of a flower on the Fitbit itself, and the more activity you do, and the more steps you take, and all that, the flower gets bigger. And you know, oh hey, look, I've got a bigger flower. And if you're not walking as much and you're sort of sitting around, it's a little flower. And you find that, that does that motivate you? Oh my god! I just I am so thrilled when I have a big flower. It's like, look at me! I got the big flower now. Yeah. Uh, I, do you it, feel it, guilty it, if it dies? Uh, it never dies. It just gets really, really small. Do you feel guilty uh, then? Do you feel like um, like you failed it? 
No, no, because because I'm I'm aware that it's just a little doodad in my pocket. So no, I no, I I know you're consciously aware of it, but but I get like when I'm pre- presented with those little motivational things, like someone offers me a cookie to finish something, and I don't get the cookie because I didn't finish it. I feel guilty. I feel like I failed the cookie. Yeah. Oh, so, so it's it's a, it's not only a responsibility to the to the thing you're doing, but it's a responsibility to the cookie as well. No, see when you put a when you put a motivator on something like that. Mm-hmm. It does become about the motivator and then the benefits of actually, you know, walking enough to grow the flower mm-hmm. are that's secondary. I mean, that's you get done. And you're like, hey, I got the flower. Oh, my gosh. I walked seven and a half miles and now I'm in yeah. good shape. Yeah, actually, I think I think I'm not 100 percent sure about this, but I think the flower is not directly related to simply the uh, number of steps you've taken in the day. But it's more along the lines of the amount of activity you've done recently. So like if uh, if, you know, I walk, you know, uh, three miles in the morning and then sit on my butt for the whole afternoon at the end of the afternoon, I the, the flower is going to be smaller. So it's more sort of a, a, a status uh, reflection. Um, so, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not going to be trying to uh, to constantly walk and keep the flower huge. But <laughs> when I've when I've when I've done good, the flower says, hey, Christopher, you did good. And uh, it's, it's terribly satisfying. Do you use Unix at all? Um, well, I mean, I uh, a little, little bit, not not a ton. But do you ever run W? No, I don't. It, know it's what a that is. it's a it's a Unix command that shows you uh, what consoles are logged in, um, <laughs> what users are there, and then it gives you your uptime and a five minute, fifteen minute, and I forget. I think it's an hour. It gives you average CPU loads. Sure. And that sounds like what this flower is like. Once you learn to read these loads, you can see I'm peaking right now, but overall I'm doing, you know, good. Or right now my I'm using like zero CPU, but my 15 minute average is I'm on four cores. And anyway, uh, I'm I'm gonna have to look into that. that <laughs> <laughs> I actually it runs on my desktop with oh. a circular graph built from a font made from parts of, like it's called Arc. Mm-hmm. And each letter of the font is a is a partially completed disk, mm-hmm. so you can actually run Unix commands and have them output letters that are kind of translated then into circular charts. Sure, use uh, use Geek Tool for that. Oh yes. Oh yes. Ah uh-huh. yes. I'm a a bit of a bit of a devotee in terms of uh, you know my my day to day with Geek Tool in terms of my my workload at 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 Harvest. Um, it, it can do some amazing, amazingly useful, like the pictures they show, uh, when you buy the app, mm -hmm. they depress me because they rarely do anything that's truly useful. I have a clock in my menu bar and I have wallpaper. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Or, or yeah, yeah. Sort of you poke around on Google looking for, you know, interesting geek tool sort of desktops. And then you come up with the most unreadable, you know, (laughs) sci-fi looking, they look like Linux desktops. Yeah, it's um, if you don't do it right, it looks like X Windows. It's not fun. No, not at all. Not at all. Anyway, see, I told you the show was going to accidentally get nerdy. <laughs> I I was fully prepared for that. I'm I was uh, I was bracing myself at at any point. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a uh, sponsor break, and that'll cut us off from the nerdiness, and then we'll come back and see if we can nerd it down a little. Is that, that works? Sir. Nerd it down. I, I think we, you just coined that. That's now a thing. I, I'm going to register that domain uh, with uh, Hover.com, Simplified Domain Management. 
You've probably registered a domain with a company that just wants to sell you services. Did you like that segue? That was pretty good, that was, right? That was brilliant. I go 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 on, man. Do it. <laughs> they want to sell you services you're not interested in when all all you want is a simple .com or maybe a .co or .tv. If the .com you want isn't available, you can get a .net. Uh, that's the one alternative to .com that's really become universally accepted. Hover makes it easy. Just enter the domain name you want to their search box, and Hover will tell you if it's available. If not, it will come up with some suggestions. You can also just type in a few keywords, and Hover will, Hover will figure out some available domains using those terms for you with prodigious creativity. I just made that up. Um, Nailed it. No, I was, I was going to compliment you on that segue, but I didn't want to crimp your style once you got rolling. So I'm still rolling. You're oh, crimping sure. my style, man. Oh, God. Oh, no. What have I done? <laughs> they have real human beings available for support. And their number is right on the front page of their website. If you have any problems, just pick up the phone and call. Hover has a no-hold policy. Somebody just answers the phone. Seamless transfers from other providers, elegant DNS management, email hosting, and more. And even though I'm not Dan, if you use the code DANSENTME or visit hover.com slash DANSENTME, you'll get 10% off of everything you buy from hover.com. Okay, now I'm done. Okay, good work. You've uh, you've not been Dan for... 39 episodes now and i haven't confused you with dan for one of them so yeah i should pull that out of the script but i think yeah, i think i said it i said it the first time they sent me that script mm-hmm. because i was like use the code dan sent me everyone's gonna get confused so i put it in there and then they kept it and <laughs> they just every week they send me the script and it still says even though i'm not dan i wonder if dan's <laughs> ever accidentally read that <laughs> that would that would uh you know give him sort of a uh, an identity crisis that I'm sure he would never recover from. Um, yeah, I don't think that would happen. No, no. Um, all right, so you sent me a list of of really great topics that I tried to narrow down, and I think I would really like to talk to you more about musicians, musicianship, your music, excellent musical tastes, musical I, toys. I too would love to. Oh, that's uh, well. That there's a reason I included. Uh, Included that on the list because I thought that's a thing that I could go on for a long, long time about. So, you, uh, you, you, uh, you play and record on an iPad, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, well, I mean, I, I play and record on whatever, whatever's in front of me. Um, you know, I was, I was, you know, I went through elementary school, you know, playing classical violin. Um, hey, I played viola and cello. Hey, no fooling. Um, and then in uh, in high school, there was no sort of orchestra that I could sort of join in and, and play. So I uh, <laughs> I joined the um, I joined the jazz band um, playing violin. I couldn't uh, I couldn't stoop low enough to join a band once orchestra ran out for me. Yeah, I, well, I, mean, I I always had this thing against, especially the marching band. I mean, jazz a jazz ensemble would be totally different story. But yeah, I stopped I mean, playing in high school for that reason. Mar- marching band with a cello might be a little awkward. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've you ever see um, Rasputina? No, mm. I've seen some some interesting stage shows with cellos. You well, should look up Rasputina. You'd love okay. it. It's on my list. They um, did a they do a Zeppelin cover on cello with distortion. That sounds it's actually awesome. like a metal medley. It's pretty good. Um, well, okay, fine. High school <laughs> marching band. You're not going to see too many cellos. I okay. Least, I, I concede. In, in my history, I have not seen too many cellos in that context. Um, but anyway, um, sort of 
um, that, that sort of jazz band experience sort of, um, opened, opened me sort of musically. Um, and, uh, and when I started college, um, I had been, you know, I've been kicking around self-taught on guitar for a number of years. And so I just started, you know, making and, and recording my own songs and, you know, playing whatever, whatever was, was near me. I mean, I had enough of a, uh, a stringed instrument background that, you know, guitar, bass and all that stuff. Um, and then I started futzing around on my Mac with, uh, with reason. Wait, before uh, that, did you have, did you have a Tascam Porta studio? No. Did you have a four track of any kind? No. Oh, how old are you? I am 30 years old. You are old enough to have a Tascam Porta studio. Just because I am old enough to have one does not mean that I did have one. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll let it go. Uh, so you got to reason. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, um, you know, reason is sort of a, um, you know, a, a rack of, of, uh, virtual synthesizers that you can, you can, you know, play and, and futz around with. And then I think it's with called that, sequencing. I, well, I mean, yes, there is a sequencer involved. <laughs> Isn't uh, it pretty heavily sequenced though? Like I always looked at reason as being like the fruity, fruity loops on the Mac, like the early versions of reason. Yeah, well, I mean, there. I mean, the the sequencer is a major part of it, but you don't need to use the sequencer. I mean, I would do things like take, you know, um, pipe one of the one of the instruments into a um, into a delay box, and then just sort of play it live, um, and not record what I was doing because it wouldn't ever fully work out into the into the sequencer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it it's got the whole step stuff, but but I never would would fully use it that way. And okay, so I'm sorry, but to nerd this up a little, you're on a Mac at this time. What what OS mm-hmm. is this? Uh, okay, so um, this must have been uh, well. I was I must have been dual booting in ten dot ten or ten dot one and nine. Um, when I first started using Reason, it must have been nine only. I'm sure. Um, I mean, I've I've only been on a Mac my whole life. I mean, our first our first machine at home was a uh, was a Macintosh SE. So, um, hmm. oh, was that was that a grumble of disdain? <laughs> Not at all. No, I'm, it was a it was a jealous uh, sigh. Oh, oh. I, oh my, I mean, my first Mac was like ten three. Oh wow. Um, yeah. So so this was. I mean, I I I seem to remember reason. You know, having um, auspices of you know mentioning oh we're coming to Mac OS ten soon. Um, but for the time I, I had, to, I had to boot in nine to, uh, to get it to work. At least I think so. I might be way off base with that. It's been a while. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but we have used the words prodigious and, and auspices in the right. same podcast. I, is, is there an award for that? I think I mean, it's just like you get uh, promoted. Oh, oh. So, so we're, we're now, I, I we're should, now the level podcast, podcast gets promoted. I, you're already an expert. Oh, yes, anyway, yes, anyway, I'm sorry. I should let you talk about reason. Well, yeah. Um, so that's sort of where where I sort of started in terms of, of writing my own stuff. Um, reason didn't have any sort of audio capabilities at the time. So if I wanted to include, you know, uh, me singing or playing guitar in it, I would have to sort of record that live separately in um, in an audio, just a straight up, you know, wave audio recorder and then lay that in as a, you know, quote, sample into reason that would go for the entire length of the song. Um, that sounds but, silly, but 
I, that's the way a lot of, uh, that's the way everything happened back then. Yeah. Around that era. Like it was, it was this conversion between like cassette tapes and reel to reels to pure digital. And there was this kind of in between stage where we were all like recording on four tracks, but using electronic sequencers and computers that output line outs. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was, but I was kind of, I was fun. Sort, of sort of going the other way of, of taking those, those audio bits and then trying to, you know, force them into the computer. Sure. And you know, there were, there were other apps. I mean, digital performer and Cubase and, uh, I guess logic and pro tools were alive back then as what well. What was Sony's big one? Uh, I, that is an awesome that's, question that I asked because that's what I used and I can't remember the name of it, but oh, it was um, on a PC. Ah, well I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to, um, Oh, um, like, uh, did, uh, did no, um, shoot, I, I think it had the word audio in it. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. The audio app. And the movie's um, just called uh, audio. Cake, Sony audio cakewalk. I used there was an, yeah. there was a competitor to cakewalk. Hmm. Maybe it was Cubase. no, you know what? It was Cakewalk. I'm an idiot. Okay. Okay. So, uh, oh man, this is. We could talk about this for a long time. Let's we do it. Probably, probably could. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's. Uh, if if we go too deeper, we should probably, you know, break for a take- sponsor. That's all we have to do. Well, then let's do it. No, not right now. Oh, not right I'm now. Just, I'm just saying that's gonna- that's how I end extensive, over over length over lengthy conversations. I just break uh, for a sponsor. I was just going to say, do a little research so we knew what we were talking about. Yeah, look up the names of things before we try to talk about them. Yeah, that that sort of thing. Whatever. Um, yeah, but anyway, so I sort of I sort of progressed um, after spending a couple of years just making bizarre, noisy, uh, goofy, silly stuff um, with reason. I would I then bounced to Cubase because it had more of an audio. It was more focused on you know recording audio and multi-tracking things. Um, and cause I was, I was finally sort of com- confident enough in my own voice to, you know, write songs that were, you know, singing and me playing guitar and sort of more of a, you know, proper song. Um, and then, um, and then I used logic for a while. Uh, and you know, I was probably using, you know, one fiftieth of, of the, of the power of logic, but I was still mostly doing the same things. Um, you know, just that live audio recording. Um, and, and throughout these years I would, you know, buy more instruments and sort of learn how to play them just well enough to record the songs that I wanted to record. I mean, did that um, include the accordion? Uh, as, as a matter of fact, it did. That, have uh, you heard those damn accordions? No. Oh, have they, a, ha- it's actually, like it's, bluegrass kind of. Well, interesting. well, they they always play the bluegrass festivals around here, but I can't even I don't even know where they're from, but you would you would love it. Okay, well, let's add them to it's that like Rasputina list. Accordion rock. Um. Well, actually, it's it's funny you should mention that. Um. A couple of, a couple of years ago, I was uh it was before I got my gig at Harvest. I was unemployed for a summer, um, and I was trying to you know come up with interesting things to keep myself occupied with. Um, and so I ordered an accordion on eBay and, uh, and so I got, got an accordion and I figured I want to, I want to learn how to play this thing, you know, as soon as possible. And so I did something I, I called all request accordion weekend. And, uh, I solicited, uh, folks to send in their requests on Twitter, uh, to me of songs they wanted to hear me play on the accordion. Uh, and then, you know, I would take 15, 20 minutes, try to figure out how to play it on the accordion. And then record a video of myself playing that song on the accordion and, and put it up uh, 
on my Tumblr. Video, that's ballsy. You can't yeah. really edit that. Oh, no, it was I I mean, that that was part of the part of the the point of, you know, just, you know, <laughs> give it give it a couple takes, you know, nothing egregiously bad. Um, you know, it but, you know, power through it and uh learn how to play this damn accordion, as it were. That's probably where the band got its name. That must have been it. I can't think of any other way. Um, yeah, but it was just a, a fun little, you know, weekend project um, that, you know, um, it was fun. And I, I actually there are uh, like still two or three outstanding accordion requests uh, that are two and a half years old that I've been meaning to get to. Um, Good luck. Like what? Well, the, the, the real problem is that one of them is Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. And I so want to do that complete and total justice but there's no way that i could ever do that song justice yeah it's not really an accordion kind of song in my opinion no it's not i mean pretty much none of the songs that i did were accordion kind of songs that's true that does often make for the best covers are often done in ways that they really weren't meant to be done yeah and especially by someone who doesn't know what they're doing right like chibo motto uh, well, with the Beastie Boys doing that cover of uh, 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 the Doors song, the uh, Why Am I Blanking? Fire. Uh, Light My Fire? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. They did um, it with like lounge organ, like a, like a really quiet like B3 and then just whisper the vocals over the top. It was hilarious. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think you could ever accuse Shiba Mato of not knowing what they're doing, but um, certainly out of their element in that case. <laughs> Um, well, yeah. she made up half the words was the funniest part. Oh, and there were parts where she'd be like, come on, baby. Blah, blah, blah. It was good. It was good. Uh, well, I'm, I'm adding that to my list. I don't, I actually tried to find that. I can send you an MP3 of it, but I haven't been able to locate it again anywhere. Well, um, you'll have to, uh, you'll have to provide the assist on that front then. I will do that. Excellent. Anyway. I want to talk about iPad synthesizers oh, moving oh. all the way up to the modern era. Yes, yes, and that's that's sort of where I'm where I'm living these days. Um as the introduction to this topic came in, um yeah, it's it's crazy the amount of stuff that's out there. Um do I actually you, re- Oh, cool. go ahead. Do you plug a keyboard into your iPad for these or do you actually play on the iPad? Well, for the longest time, I had been just playing on the iPad, but uh, I got a, a couple of the Korg Nano series, like small USB keyboards. Yeah. Uh, ultra portable little guys. Um, and it's 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 not I mean, it's not fully a, a replacement. It's not like one or the other. It's sort of finding out which works better in which uh, which scenario, um, because I think I think one of the um, most amazing parts and this uh, is probably um obvious to anyone but the the you know with music making apps on the ipad it's just that complete blank screen of you know being able to do with it what you want not being um because i mean a, a keyboard is something that has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years like we you know it's everyone recognizes a keyboard when they see it so coming up with interesting ways of interacting and creating music i mean you know korg started it with the you know the chaos pad thing where they had just you know an xy pad where you can noodle your finger around i think it actually started with the keytar well i mean obviously that's that's you know a a uh, a high watermark in the history of music technology yes i think it brought Uh, keyboards into this century or the last century yeah but i mean 
there were things where, you know, there would be electronic pads that you could sort of slide your finger up and down in on sort of one axis. And I think some guitars had that on the, you know, on the uh, fingerboard or whatever it would be called on a guitar. Um, but the fact is that, you know, we can have these interfaces that react, you know, however a developer wants it to react. I got it. Wait. Keyboard on uh-huh. a guitar. There you go. Okay. Nailed it. Um, yeah. And um, there was, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but um, around, I guess it was 2003, 2004, there was this product called the Lemur, uh, which was a MIDI interface that would control, you know, an, an app on a, on a computer. Um, but its whole thing was that it was a touch screen that could do multi-touch yeah. and you could design your own interface and you could design your own knobs and sliders on this touch screen and it featured multi-touch and it was completely mind blowing at the time. Um, of course, you know, it was this huge, huge box and it had to be connected with, you know, power and, um, data out. And so it was completely wired. But at the time, it was completely mind-blowing. And now it's an app. There's a, there's a lemur app that's, you know, 40 or 50 bones, as opposed to the 2,000 bucks you would have to pay for this, you know, big, bulky box thing. You know, they still uh, make it. Do they still make it? Yeah, it's, a, it's at V2 now. And oh. it, it's insane. But, I mean, what, what does it do now at, that it's in V2? Let's see. Um, organize container objects, enhance control of all envelopes with breakpoint objects, faster setup with alias features, mouse and keyboard control, acute precision with new gesture object, etc. It also looks awesome. Oh, oh, well, uh, it's sold. Uh, let's, let's go out it's and like, one right now. It's like something you would open the door to the holodeck with. Well, I mean, the just, but just the fact that, you know, even just, you know, the, the V1 lemur box um, was just so incredibly like sci-fi at the time, like a multi-touch interface that you could design your own knobs and sliders and, and whatever you wanted. But the fact that, you know, I, you know, one day decided, oh, what the heck, let's get one of those and spent, you know, 50 bucks on it. And now it's mine. It's, it's, you know, I, I feel like I've reached some sort of tipping point in terms of being old where like technology can completely blow my mind as opposed to when I was younger, when I just expected everything to be perfect all the time. And if it didn't, it was its fault, not mine. Hmm. Like I've lived in a constant state of wonder since I got my first computer. Oh, well, uh, uh, congratulations. You're not nearly as smug as I was. See, I'm, I'm, I'm four years older than you. So I saw that, I saw that early dawn of, of the web and everything. Yeah, I think I think the real thing for me was was um, was when was when iOS hit um, or I guess iPhone uh, OS um, was that was that was the real sort of the thing that that blew my mind in a point that, you know, this thing is magic. I don't understand how this possibly works. And it just blew my mind. Well, and there you it's also safe to say that technology has moved fast enough that things are more mind blowing in relationship to their predecessors than they were back in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you could, you could draw more of a, you know, point to point line, whereas now it's just getting, getting sort of exponential. Exactly. Uh, like, and, uh, I mean the three eighty six to the four eighty six, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like switching from Motorola to Intel. Okay. Mm-hmm. A little bit faster, but 
going from a razor to an iPhone is exactly. mind blowing. Yes, exactly. And, and, and my, my favorite part about technology right now is that we have no idea where it's going to go and we can't comprehend where it's going to go. I mean, you know, if you think about the jump from the razor to the iPhone and the jumps are just going to keep getting bigger and it's exciting to know that we can't predict where they're going to go, at least for me. I am. I, I, yes, I spend a lot of time thinking about where things are going to go mm-hmm. and thinking about what life is going to be like on Earth in a thousand years. If the Earth is still here in a thousand years, <laughs> if life is still here in a thousand years, I think that I, I think everyone will be vegetarian by then or eating synthetic foods, but the world is just, I, I eat meat. I, I was vegetarian for 17 years. I eat meat now. I, I kind of like meat, but I don't see it as a, a sustainable. Uh, we, we can't afford to eat meat for the next hundred years. Like it, we yeah. can't, our population is too large to sustain. Anyway, that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole like oh, barrel of monkeys right there. Whole different podcast. Yeah. Um, so this is the part where I take a sponsor break and, Stop our train of thought. Wow. And we're going to use um, sponsor number two, Shutterstock.com, where you'll find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. Start your search at Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or any other creative project. Shutterstock gives you a global image collection to find images from around the world to suit your project. Choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages. Choose whatever fits your need and never have to compromise. If you need just one image for your blog or mock-up, you can do that, too. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you'll find something new. Since they add 10,000 new images every day... Oh, I got that comma wrong. Uh, it's more affordable than you think, too, with no extra charge for large files. Just download any image at any size and pay only one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high-resolution images. If you need them, you can just take them. Easily curate and share pictures via light boxes. You can choose your favorite pictures or videos, and add them to your own Lightbox gallery as you search. You can also use the... Uh, man, I was on a roll, too. I, <laughs> I I haven't gotten, like, annoyed with myself since, like, episode three. But, okay. Shoot. All right. You can also search using their iPad app. There's something called Enhanced License Access. If you like an image and you want to run it on print or swag for your trade shows, they can get you an enhanced license for any image. They also have a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips for all your graphic needs. If you need help at Shutterstock.com, you need... Uh, okay, laugh it off. <laughs> if you need help at Shutterstock.com, you get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any questions. They also have 24-hour support during the week. Sign up for a free browse account at Shutterstock.com. No credit card needed. When you find the images you like and decide to purchase, use the offer code Dan sent me four and get 30% off of any package. Once again, I'm not Dan, but you can use Dan sent me four. I think I finished strong. Yeah, no, you powered through there. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry if I was breaking your mojo at all. Not at all. Um, uh, yeah, so top three. It's top, top three, three time. Top three time. Uh, so excited about this. Uh, okay. My first uh, first pick is uh, is uh, an iOS app called Backflip Madness, and if the name alone does not sell you, um, it is amazing. Okay, um, do you know the uh, do you know the game Quop with the runner and trying to slowly move forward? Does that 
You know, do you know Quap? I don't think I do. Oh, it's it's basically an impossible game where you control like one leg is the QW uh, keys and the other leg is the OP keys of the keyboard. And it's a flash game. And you're like, it's a very counterintuitive, difficult thing to do. It's That sounds horrible. Next to impossible. Right. Um, so Backflip Madness is kind of like that. Uh, basically what you do. <laughs> That's not a good start. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> okay. um, so basically um, you press, you've got one button and you've got a guy standing there. Uh, and the first First time you press the button is you crouch down. Uh, second time you press it, you leap. Uh, third time you press it, you, uh, you sort of tuck into a backflip. And then you press it again to stand up and try to land. Um, now, this is uh, very difficult to do, very unintuitive, but it's hilarious. Um, it's, it's one of those things that's tough, um, but not impossible, so that you can... Um, it's just sort of, it's sort of one of those dumb, hilarious, fun kind of things. Um, and I'm always looking for good, um, games on iOS that I can play, um, while I'm on the subway, uh, listening to podcasts. And, uh, I know you love, um, and I love, we both love Monsters Ate My Condo and, and Super Monsters Ate My Condo. But, uh, the real problem with Super Monsters Ate My Condo is that they don't allow background audio to play while you're playing the game. I know, but the music is so catchy. Why would you rather listen to anything else? But but I could be listening to Systematic on 5x5. Five five. That would totally ruin my Monsters Ate My Mojo. Ah, well, uh, that's I guess that's uh, that's the difference between did, you and I. Did you see my last score? Uh, something, uh, was it, what, 15 billion? 15 billion. I got 15 yeah. billion. If any of my listeners can beat me, you can be on the show. <laughs> you see, I'm, I'm nowhere near that. But that's because I, I've, been, I've been stuck on regular Monsters Ate My Condo because I can then you know, use the time on the train to, you know, pipe some, pipe something into my ears. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, but anyway, um, backflip madness just makes the cut because when you start a level, it tries to kill background audio, but then you can go into the, um, the, um, little bar there at the bottom of the tray and, uh, and play the audio and it'll keep playing. I mean, it, it, it's so dumb that one of the level titles has a typo in it. It's awesome. Um, anyway, um, there's, uh, I'm sure there are videos on uh, on YouTube if if this uh, if this um, terribly uh, resounding endorsement doesn't uh, doesn't move you. But Backflip Madness, amazing. That's I I have to check it out because you described it in such um, eccentric kind of meandering way. Mm, well, I'm curious. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious. It's much <laughs> that, the reason that, I had that, you on the show to begin with. That that might be just the fact that I'm eccentric and meandering. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll give so, you that. Um yeah. awesome. So I'm going to start um uh, uh I'm going to do music since that's the topic kind of right yeah. now. Um I iPhone uh guitar. I love. I like I'll get to a synthesizer next. But uh AmpKit is one of my absolute favorite iPhone apps. I think I've mentioned it on the Mac before. Mm-hmm. Uh but it has for a long time been awesome. Amplitube is good too. And Amplitube has that slash version that I love. It has all the presets from Appetite, Appetite for Destruction. Mm-hmm. For me, like each song, you can make your guitar sound like each one. Like all the way up through the user illusions. It's crazy. But, do, they, do they come up with clever names of naming the presets yes. so they don't actually yes. call them the song title? Yes, except like, Slash actually endorsed this. This is licensed. Oh. 
But does does Slash have the rights to those songs at this point? I don't know. Axel's uh, kind of a, you know. He's a guy. He's a guy. He's kind of. Oh, he's not, he's guy. something else. <laughs> something else. Um. Hey, anyway. Anyway. Not for nothing. Chinese democracy did come out, which is more than anyone ever thought would ever. That's happen. about all you can say for it. It came yep. out. It did. It it it, it totally exists. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad I found it on Spotify so I knew, knew knew I didn't need to buy it. Yeah, yeah, no, no no one needs to buy it. Um anyway, Amp Kit, I, I just jack in, I use uh the Amp Kit interface. I just plug it into the headphone port on my iPhone, plug in a pair of headphones to that and plug my guitar into it. And I have a full like I can I can pick dozens of different amps. I can set the position of the mic from the amp. I can see. I can put up, put together racks of like eight pedals and flip between them. It works great on iPad. You can see three pedals at once. And I got a stomp box too that I can hook up to it. So I actually have like an effects on off. But it, you have to. It takes some rigging. But is that is it is it? Did you use one of those um, those things that's designed to be like a page turner? No, no. Oh. It's an actual stomp box. Oh, an I can't actual remember, stomp box. Can't remember if it's Amplitube or Amp Kit that makes it. Um, let me. I, I know I know some of them there are you know there are iOS you know um, peripherals that are designed to be like page turners for when you're reading music or or something you can pipe those in and use those as a stop box yeah yeah this is actually a really it's a nice heavy duty like like um what was that the the distortion pedal made from Soviet tank parts fuzz super fuzz big muff mm-hmm. yeah it it kind of reminiscent of that and a little bit smaller but black box with a heavy duty stomp pedal on it. Awesome. You know, I've, I haven't actually taken the plunge and, and gotten a, you know, guitar input for, for I, an iOS device, but this might be the, uh, the, the tipping point for me. Seriously. It's, I mean, it, it's relatively inexpensive. I mean, for 20 bucks, you're getting like three, $4,000 worth of like audio sounds that you mm-hmm. can put into your computer. And honestly, make some really good I'm sure there are audiophiles out there who could immediately say, well that was done through iOS effects. But yeah, but screw uh, that. I ain't I ain't playing for no audio files when I'm <laughs> when I'm playing guitar. So anyone who self identifies as an audiophile, I don't mm-hmm. need to talk to. Um yeah. You can uh, say I love music. You can say I feel very passionate about music and and I love the sound of music. But when you start telling me that you can tell the difference between monster cable and you know whatever off off brand and i get annoyed fast yeah. because there was a study they found that like over 60% of self self identifying audiophiles couldn't tell the difference between a monster cable and like on run as speaker wire monster mm-hmm. cable and a coat hanger well, that that's not an indictment of audiophiles. That's more an indictment of of monster cables, <laughs> or or a promotion for coat hangers. Yeah, <laughs> you know the the coat hanger lobby is uh, is really doing some some serious stuff. I actually have uh, I, I know that I've got a bunch of self proclaimed audio files uh, on my on my Mac right now um, that uh, will play as audio because they're audio files. Audio files. That was horrible. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. Thank you very much. Thank you, you lost me for a second, but I... Yeah, yeah brought yep. you right back around. Yep, that's yes. how you do. Uh, All right. What, yeah, your turn. Go okay. on. Okay. Well, fine. If you're going to go music, then I'm going to go music. Um, there's uh, an app for iPad called Sampler, which is the word sampler without the E. So S-A-M-P-L-R. 
um, and sort of tying back into when I was fussing around with reason and doing doing things with live audio and and sort of screwing around as as much as possible. Uh, this is basically um, an app that lets you load samples um, and then gives you creative ways of playing back those samples. Um, be it you know there's there's one that lets you sort of play a sample like a keyboard. Um, sort of like that episode of the Cosby show where, uh, where Stevie Wonder was on there and, and he asked Theo what he would say at a party and Theo said, jam it on the one. And then Stevie Wonder loaded that into a sample and played it on the keyboard going, jam it on the one, jam it on the one, jam it on the one. Um, so it's, it, you know, there's a keyboard thing. There's a, where you can, uh, play it back as, as if it was uh, a tape loop, um, or you can play it back as if you were scratching it or a whole bunch of fun ways of just playing with just samples of audio. All right. So um, here's the question. Yes. I, I, I got this app the day it came out mm-hmm. and I was floored by it. It ah. was, it was missing a few features at that point that made it pretty much a toy. And mm-hmm. then they, they added those features. It became a very viable, well, uh, kind of like not, not pro level, but uh, a production tool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never actually, I've played with it a ton. Never actually, done anything with it have you well um no i mean i only discovered it a couple weeks ago so i mean i'm not sort of holding myself to any sort of uh of time frame on that front but that said just using something as a toy is i is not an indictment in my book i think that's you know if it's if it's you know if it works as a fun way of making sound and letting you play with sound then it's it's uh it's a worthwhile investment uh what Uh, was the what was the synth with the little like cartoon guy that would move his head up and down and purse his lips as you moved your finger around? I I don't I don't know uh, that one. It's still it's still I I play it like when I'm in bed before I fall asleep I'll play with it. That sounded really dirty, but <laughs> but it just goes ooh and it's hilarious to watch the little guy. But you can do all these different the FM synthesis sounds with it, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. actually a pretty good synthesizer. There but it's go. totally That's, a toy. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really tr- draw as as much of a line between you know production things and, and toy things because it all it all rolls into how you use it. I mean, if I if I stick something up to a microphone, be it a you know um, a handful of pennies or whatever, I mean, sure, it's a handful of pennies, but it can be a production thing, or I can pipe it into sampler and have it be a toy fun thing. I mean, it's whatever whatever purpose it's serving is you know is worthwhile in my eyes. I was really into industrial for a while, like making industrial music. Oh, I'm sorry. You, oh, it was fun. You should have <laughs> seen like the Einstein day new button kind of rigs with grocery carts and PVC pipes and these huge. And, just, and then I would like run, I'd like hook a mic up to one end of one of those long, like, Oh, what are they like two? Ah, it's like garden. The stuff you'd run under, a, or like through a hill to move water. Like okay. you know what the black plastic Pipe? with all the ridges, uh, it's, it's you can accordion it. It's like an accordion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One I don't those, know the uh, word. Yeah, I don't get out much. Um, but anyway, like I had to wrap those around mic stands like and that. have the mic at the bottom and like yeah, it was crazy. It's a professional flexi straw. But see, they're all toys. But uh, we would produce with them. Exactly. Everything. Exactly. And then and then you would just scream and scream and scream. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Ab- about my parents. Ugh. Jeez, I love parents. my parents. I love them. Um, so what were we talking about? You seem to be really good at like bringing things back on track after I do my best to derail the conversation. 
well, I mean, we were talking about Sampler as my number two pick, and I think we sort of wrapped that up nicely. Uh, so why don't you, uh, Brett, why don't you tell me your number two pick for the week? I'm going to tell you first that it's iRig uh, from IK Multimedia oh. that makes the stomp. It's called the iRig Stomp. Huh. That I, I, it's it's a cool toy, except it's basically a cutoff. So you have to, it, it cuts the input from your phone mm-hmm. on and off. So to really, like, if you're going to use it as part of a, a rack, you need to do it like pass-throughs with it. Uh, which means essentially you could use it with your iPad, but it it takes some rigging. Yeah, takes takes a little doing. It takes some eye rigging. <laughs> oh, Bazinga! Oh, we're bad today. We're bad. Yeah. Okay, so my number two. Um, um, I had oh, yeah. I told you I'd get more expensive as we go along, but what I don't think I will. Oh. I was planning on this this climb up to my like grand prize, but I got to mention the DM1 synthesizer. It's uh, a drum machine. It's a drum machine that it's so capable. It's insane. It's five dollars. It's five dollars. Breaking the bank on that one. Probably probably my favorite instrument on my iPad, like that I can actually play on my iPad. Yeah. Um, it's it is pure sequencer. The uh, the sounds that it has are crazy good it's i mean it's basically a 16 step sequencer like old school sequencer yeah. but it can... also has pads so you can play it live does it say that somewhere no i'm saying it you read that like uh like you were reading it off a website no i was just but it does it has xy controllers and everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. recording like, capabilities you can sample with it mm. and it's it's got audio bus capability so you can pipe it into whatever you want to yes which is amazing. So that one's awesome. Yeah, definitely for the for the um, for the uh, percussionists, the eye percussionists, as it were. <sighs> okay, uh, my number three. Um, so I'm going to uh, completely not continue with the theme, uh, and I am going to go with the NeverSync Library, uh, which is a series of books, like actual physical books, uh, published by uh, an independent publishing house called Melville House. Um, and it's basically a, a series of um, books, um, some fiction, some non. Uh, I think they're all from the 20th century, um, but it's just a, sort of a, a series of lesser known um, books that are um, worth, worth discovering. Um, I actually, uh, a friend of mine named Sam Potts, who did the, uh, did among a bunch of, ma- of amazing things, he did the... Um, the book designed for John Hodgman's uh, books of complete world knowledge. Uh, I saw him tweeting. Uh, it was about a year ago, uh, just, uh, you know, saying this, you know, these books have amazing, you know, cover design. And I thought, wow, they, they really do. And um, they had a pack of 10 of them that, you know, they sold me for 125 bucks or something. And I, so I said, well, what the heck, let's, let's go ahead and judge these books by their covers. Um, and uh, an amazing purchase. Um, if you're looking for a good place to start, um, there's a book called the train by Georges Simenon, uh, which is kind of a downer, but also kind of amazing. So that's, that's my recommendation on where to start. Um, but my favorite part about Melville house is that, um, they don't draw a line between like e-reading and physical book reading, um, because they'll sell you the physical books, but they'll sell you a PDF. They'll sell you an EPUB. They'll sell you a Mobi version. 
uh, all DRM free, and you can just read it however you want to read it. Um, and I've been a I've been a devoted um, e-reader um, since since uh, oof, years now. I mean, I read I read all of Infinite Jest in the summer of two thousand nine um, on my iPhone. Um, just you know, um, so it's like that that combination of of uh, being able to e-read, but also physical read, whichever works for you. It's, you know, there's so many people who try to sort of draw a line between the two and I could never imagine reading a book on a screen or I could never imagine picking up a dead tree again. Um, but there's room for both. I mean, books, books, uh, books don't take sides. So, right. Um, the, the digital books, iPads and Kindles are for, uh, over 10,000 feet and paper <laughs> books are for getting there. I just yeah. wish you could sync between them so you like pass your bookmarks. Yeah, yeah, that, that I I sort of, you know, if I'm if I'm reading a book, I will I will usually try to keep it in one one media or the other. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, but I mean, there there are so many great volumes that are, you know, being published that deserve to be uh seen in physical form and have amazing layouts. And then there are some, you know, books that just need to get the words inside your head and and you know, um, there's a, there's a place for, there's a place for e-reading and a place for book reading and. Or both. You ever read Neil Stevenson? Uh, of course. Uh, what was it? It was either Diamond Age or Snow Crash. That, it was Diamond Age. They had nanotech paper mm-hmm. that they could like, it would draw the story and write the story as you read it. And it was, it was basically a Kindle in paper. Well, psh, there you go. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. Th- blown. Once we uh, once we all get get the uh, vegetarian thing down, then we'll uh, we'll work on the paper. Deal. So yeah, uh, Never Sink Library, uh, Melville House. I cannot say enough good things about Melville House. Um, they're awesome to follow on Twitter or on Tumblr. Uh, Dustin is the fellow who runs their uh, runs at least half their Twitter. They're based out of uh, out of Brooklyn and out of London. Um, and uh, I can I can they're just super cool people uh, publishing. Uh, and it's not just this NeverSync library that they do. They do a ton of other great nonfiction and fiction. Uh, check them out. Uh, uh, com. I was actually going to use NeverSync for my third pick, so now i got to oh. find something. Dang. I have, I have three options here. Um, let's option, see. Option three. I, I want to do them all. No, I want to do two of them. Okay. I'm greedy. First, I have to mention Ulysses 3. It's been pretty Oh, my cool. God. I can't believe we haven't mentioned that. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, my uh, it, God. It, it, it did. It came with a lot of hype. They did a really good job with uh, uh, the buzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and for that reason, a lot of people are kind of uh, baffled when they get it. Uh, they had, like, super high expectations for it being, like, a Scrivener killer or something. Oh. No, but no, it, no, no, it's... No. It's it's like a new paradigm. If you use Daedalus Touch at all, uh, and it, which is a, a highly, in my opinion, underrated and not talked about enough editor. I you know actually it, it's it's funny. I that you saw that Ulysses was in my notes for for points that we were talking about. I mean, to be it's fair, like, I did have it in my notes for my previous guest. Oh well. <laughs> um, but you know, it's like uh, when I when I was exposed to Daedalus for the first time, I actually took it to a um to a conference uh and use that to take my notes for the conference and i was just absolutely floored by it and just the way it all made sense and then with ulysses 3 they basically took 
that sort of dataless mindset and put it on the Mac, and it's brilliant. Yes, like the I know Max from the Solman, mm-hmm. and these guys think like uh, they really, really think about uh, what's going to be intuitive, and they're not they're not they don't take feature requests like most developers not at the rate most developers do. <laughs> Uh-huh. They really, they every control, every gesture, every uh, kind of paradigm is considered trash, reconsidered, trash, considered mm-hmm. until they come out with it. And what they produce is, you can tell, it's it's very cool, very intuitive. I really dig. And Ulysses 3 is, is it has, it doesn't quite fit into my workflow entirely yet because it uses a, a, a non-standard markdown kind of syntax Mm -hmm. and i want to use it for writing on my blog but it breaks on things like yaml and so i i've been finding other uses for it though like i've been writing non-blog stuff in it because it's just it's a pleasure to use yeah and you know what else is making me really happy this week tell me brett what else is making you really happy this week for a mere nine hundred dollars the apple 27 inch cinema display actually thunderbolt display Mm-hmm. has been just um, changing my, well, desk anyway. <laughs> it's yeah. awesome, though. I, I'm i so happy with it. Oh, yeah. I've been, I've been using one of those at the, uh, at the office, and it's been, it's been terrific. It's just, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's exactly what it, you, you want it to be. There's nothing, there's no, you know, um, I've had not an issue with it at all, ever. It's no. great. I'm running. Uh, I'm running it on. Uh, I'm running it off an air, mm-hmm. and it makes w- with the newer airs. Like once you get away from the small screen and plug it in at a desktop to a 27 inch monitor, you totally mm-hmm. forget you're working on a an ultra portable laptop. Yeah, it's. It's. I mean, it's completely seamless. Um, my my uh, my personal machine at at home is a uh, is an early 2008 iMac, uh, a 24 inch, I think. Um, it, but it's, it's quickly approaching its last legs. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like the, the, the experience of just having the, the air hooked up with that, with that, uh, LED display is, uh, just, well, uh, Thunderbolt display is amazing. Yes. All right. So we're, we're at time that timed out perfectly, actually. Ah, well, really there we nice. go. Nice job. Thank you. Nice you job to you as well. Credit. All right. No, no, we'll share credit. It's it's your show. So I was scrolling through all the responses I got uh, regarding being a guest on this show, trying to find your Twitter handle. Ah, it's uh, well, I could I could just tell you if you I, like. I would appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I my Twitter is uh, the underscore underscore vol t h e underscore v o l e. I have a Tumblr. Uh, that's uh, please come back from town.com. It's where I post uh, dumb things uh, onto the internet. Um, so check that out as well. They are pretty dumb. Like, I didn't <laughs> think it was a real site when I first got there. <laughs> well, like, I thought you. it was, I thought it was one of those, like, uh, blank, yeah, something Tumblr. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it started no. off with pictures of like actresses without teeth or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a Tumblr that's that's been going around that's actresses without teeth, and I was, I was it's disturbing. I, yeah, no, absolutely disturbing. Uh, Lena Dunham, especially her her face without teeth is just 
nightmares. There, I can't think of a single actress I would ever want to see without teeth. Actor, uh, actress, any I, people. My grandmother didn't have teeth. I didn't want to see that. No, people usually people usually do have teeth, and it serves them well. That's why they mm. keep them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, it's 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 dumb Tumblr blogs. It's also sometimes mildly interesting things. I didn't mean for that to sound totally derogatory <laughs> because I really appreciate well put together dumb things. Well, well curated I, idiocy. Well, I guess that I guess you. Uh, well, you might might have some trouble finding that on my <laughs> on my stupid. <laughs> anyway, uh, please come back from town dot com. Uh, I also am launching. There's a there's a, a new site that me and a buddy are working out. Um, uh, we were talking about uh, streaming uh, audio earlier. Um, you know, RDO? Yeah. Um, yeah, I use, I, we use RDO. Um, and then if you go to the new releases every Tuesday, um, and then you start, you know, because it's got, you know, the, the big new releases for the week. But then you start scrolling down because the list of new releases is huge every week. And so we, like, started playing this game where we would scroll down and scroll down and scroll down on the new releases and send each other pictures of the most bizarre, strange um, album covers we could. Um, and uh, we've been doing that for months now, but a couple weeks ago we turned it into a Tumblr. And that is uh, rdiotuesdays.tumblr.com. Uh, rdiotuesdays.tumblr.com. Uh, it's very stupid. If you're in, Now, that's, that's actually well-curated stupidity, so um, you, can, See, you think, can check that out. I think that's exactly what happens to startups after they become stable. <laughs> you end up with... It was, it was just sending GIFs around and yeah. Oh, you, you pronounce it with a soft J, huh? That's how it's pronounced. Look it up. Look it up. Any, okay. any old, it's, it's your, it's your show. It's your show. Any, any old school person, human who was around knows it's with a J. Well, I mean, I was, I was using GIF converter in Mac OS seven. And no, you aren't I was using called... GIF converter. <laughs> I'm being uh, a, I'm being a jerk. I'm sorry. It, it's hey, it's I'm, your I'm show. hungry. I'm hungry. Show. I'm hungry and tired. Okay, well, I'll I want to go show. home. Well, uh, let me let me let you go then. <laughs> I am home. Oh. You know, I showered and put on pants for this because I've never talked to you before. It was like a first date. <laughs> oh well, I was I I I hope we can see each other again sometime. <laughs> uh, our third sponsor today is Squarespace. <laughs> Everything you need to make an amazing website. Squarespace is a fully hosted, completely managed environment for creating and maintaining a beautiful website, blog, or portfolio. This means that no matter how experienced you are with building websites, you can build something amazing in minutes without having to worry about hosting, scaling, or integration. You get beautiful, clean templates. Everything in this platform is drag and drop, and everything is integrated. Layout Engine is Squarespace's page builder. It allows you to create custom layouts for each of your pages in seconds. You add blocks of content such as photos, videos, text, social media, content, and more. And you don't have to worry about what your site will look like on a mobile device. Your entire site will restructure automatically to fit on every device and maintain the beauty of the site's design. If you like stats, you'll love the real-time analytics that are built into Squarespace. I just went into, like, um, I don't even know what mode that was. You were, if, you were on fire, bro. If you like stats. Um, there are even like stats? <laughs> I love stats. I spent the last three days uh, trying to find the right analytics program for my blog. But there are even iOS and Android apps that let you manage and post on the go. You can even import your content from your current blog and easily set up sharing and syncing with your social media accounts. When you sign up for a year of Squarespace, you'll get a free custom domain name. Squarespace is $10 a month for the standard plan and $20 a month for the unlimited plan. 
If you sign up for a year, you get 20% off, and if you sign up for two years, you get 25% off, or you can pay month to month. You can easily link your custom domain with just a few clicks. There's no credit card required to try it out. Simply go to squarespace.com slash 5x5 to start your trial. If you decide to purchase, click enter an offer code below the pricing at checkout and use the code FOOLS, as in April FOOLS, for an additional 10% off. So go check out Squarespace, everything you need to make an amazing website. Awesome. Boom. Well, thank you, Christopher. Let me try again. Gamblay Wallenjack. Boom. Nailed it. You're on fire. Oh, yeah. It's been a pretty good day. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, thank you a ton for, for making time on short notice. and oh, Thank you very much for having me. I, yeah. uh, I hope I provided a, uh, a, a good uh, perspective on things for you and your audience. If nothing else, I found you very amusing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you, yeah, get your, was... you get your cookie. <laughs> yes. And my, my flower is full now. All right. All right. Great well, stuff, Brett. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I'm Brett Terpstra, and I am at brettterpstra.com and ttscoff everywhere, app.net, Twitter, take a pick. And this has been Systematic Episode 39. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back in a week. <laughs>